Welcome to the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. I am your host, Arthur Yan, co-founder and CEO of Nest Protection Plan. We partner with restorers, contractors, real estate professionals, and other entrepreneurs to increase their revenue, grow their business valuation, and help them build a platform of services for homeowners across the country. We think every American family and property owner deserves peace of mind for their health, indoor living, and longevity, all for less than a dollar a day. Also, I love forming relationships. Add me on Facebook or LinkedIn today and let's connect. Oh, and stick around to the end of this episode. We'll reveal how you or someone you know can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Here we go. Hey, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. I am your host, Arthur Yan. We are, this is episode number 46. So we are just grinding, man. This has been a lot of fun having these shows. We're glad you can join us today. And we are going to jump in with an awesome guest. Uh, we've been we've been chatting quite a bit, and I'm really glad to have him on the show. He is the uh, the founder, the CEO of Cornerstone Marketing Solutions. He is also the host of the Home Service Hustle podcast. He's Jonathan Bannister. Jonathan, how you doing, man? I'm great, man. Thank you so much for having me here, Arthur. Yeah, thanks for being on. Man. I, I appreciate you being on, and I know that uh, we are both really, really plugged in and, and have, you know, we've grown some big voices in the home service community. So um, it's good for us to to chat on the show. Uh, let's start off and talk about all your background. I mean, you you started off in the industry, um, or I guess you also started as a, as a police officer, and now you've gotten to where you're helping a lot of home service uh, businesses and companies grow and find out, you know, how to further and, and stretch out their reach within the, the home service realm. So can you kind of talk us through yeah. how you got to where you are? Yeah, you know, I, I just put out a uh, article a couple weeks ago. There was a, a press release that was put out where I told the story that I told you the other day, um, like how I came into this. And everybody kind of gives the same reaction, like, man, that is a super cool story. Yeah, I just believe that everything is, you know, there's divine inter uh, intervention, you know, times that come into our lives. And you got to be able to recognize those and uh, not not be scared of the unknown that like it things happen for a reason and you just got to be able to capitalize on those op opportunities so yeah i was uh i was a police officer back in biloxi mississippi um so my wife and i had kids uh 2012 13 14 so we we got it over quick it, it's been a blessing you know a couple stressful years you had three three kids in diapers or something at the same time but um it was um it was kind of in that period where, you know, my, when my wife met me, um, you know, I'm a police officer and we get married. I have three kids, three, three years in a row. And then she's kind of like, you know, look, cops kind of have targets on their back right now. And she's like, you know, look at these babies. Like, is this something, you know, I don't want them to not have a dad. So I started doing some thinking of, you know, what, what do I want to do? And my new law enforcement was never going to be my retirement because I enjoyed the streets. I enjoyed, you know, getting into the, the the action. And I would look down the hallway at my lieutenants and the captains. And I'm like, man, I do not want to ever be them. So like when it got to the time that I didn't want to do patrol anymore, I was going to go do something else anyway. So <laughs> it wasn't like this uh, 
huge tug of like, what are, what are you going to do? You know, if you're not a cop. So I would, I'd done sales before that I, real estate sales. Um, I was in print marketing sales. I had uh, been in a casino world for a long time, started out in the casino when I was 18 years old. So from a valet guy to a bus boy and then started dealing. So dealing cards. Um, and I'm just kind of person where like, I want to learn it all. And I want to try to maximize, you know, everything that I can possibly do in a position. And then I'll, I'll, I'll know when I get to that end, like, is this, do I see a future, you know, an endpoint? So I um, worked my way up, you know, pit boss and everything else in the casino. And, you know, so when I, what I found is once I became a business owner, what I discovered was that's what I was meant to do. Um, I tell people I was the worst employee um, of all time, you know, and and I think, you know, I've got a mouth on me. I'm, I'm very, I'm, um, I, I don't really hold things back. And so like in my workplaces and I'm like, like, man, like, why don't we just do it this way? Because you would cut three steps out of this. Like when you're in the corporate world, they don't want to hear all that, right? Like they're the most um, non-efficient organizations on earth. It's like, how many meetings can you have and how many extra steps can you put into the process to really make the customer upset? Like, I really think that's what they do in the corporate world. So um, <laughs> I, I made a terrible employee. I rubbed everybody wrong. And um, so, you know, basically what happened was I uh, was looking to get out of law enforcement, called up a buddy of mine that I went to grade school with, super, super intelligent dude. <laughs> and he had made like some documentaries on Hurricane Katrina. Uh, he had made a really creepy uh, movie to graduate college that actually made it to the Sundance Festival. Um, it was pretty sick and twisted. But wait, it was, wait what's that movie oh, called? Um, I'll get the name of it. Okay. And I'll, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, All right, keep going. Pretty trippy. And uh, <laughs> so I called him because he lived right down the road from me. And I said, um, I was like, hey, Justin, you have anything you're working on? I'm considering getting out of law enforcement. And he was like, dude, I, I was getting ready to call you. He said, I'm actually making mobile apps. And I was going to call you to see if you wanted to help me sell them. And I was like, OK, you know, so this is 20. Uh, well, this is 2014 rolling into 2015. And, uh, you know, so apps were like the really popular, like, you know, thing, there was all those, you know, there's an app for that, uh, phase that we went through. So I went and talked to him and he showed me how they worked. And I was sitting there, you know, as I told you, like, I've always been a big golfer my whole life. So I was like, well, you know, this will be easy. Like I'm going to go to the golf courses and I'm going to convince them that they need to get this app and they can give it to everyone for free. For, you know, they'll give them a free bucket of golf balls to the driving range if they download the app, scan the QR code. Now it's on their phone. And then the next time you're having a slow day because of the weather or whatever that may is, you just send a push notification out there by that has the app and say, whatever the offer deal is you want to do for the day. And uh, so I went to every business owner I knew, you know, from car dealerships to restaurants to golf courses in my local coast area of Biloxi. And so I, uh, what I ran into, you know, and this is some of those um, godsend moments is that, you know, people said, Hey, Jonathan, would love to buy the app from you here. Here's a check, but uh, Hey, can you help me with my, my, my website? And they would like, show me their phone. They're like, cause my website, see how small it is. Like I got to like spread it open. And, and I, one guy goes, yeah, I think it's called like 
uh, mobile something. And uh, of course it's mobile compa- compatible. And I didn't really know what that meant. And uh, so I was like, yeah, well, we, we can help you out with that. I'll get back to you. And then like a couple days later, I go see a guy at a restaurant and uh, he said, hey, sure, I'll buy an app from you. He goes, hey, can you also, do y'all do SEO? Can you help me with SEO? Because my uh, my website doesn't come up when you search or something. And uh, I was like, yeah, man, sure, I'll, I'll get back to you. Literally went out to the parking lot of the restaurant, typed in what is SEO. So like that's how far removed from digital marketing, you know, that I was. And uh, like I was telling you, I just got off of a company-wide team meeting and, uh, you know, we celebrated eight years in business last year. I mean, uh, last month, and uh, we just did a company meeting and they did this big, you know, six minute long uh, tribute to me, kind of show me the journey of those eight years, you know, so it got me real choked up um, to see some of those old photos and videos and of where it all started. But I'll tell you, you know, I, I've learned a lot over that time um, because of other, you know, challenges and obstacles over those years. Uh, 2016 is when I made it official and we niched down into the home service space. Um, I'd already had probably 80% of my portfolio at that time was home service people. Um, I had a former business partner that was my older brother and um, he was connected to the home service space. So he had a bunch of clients that he was sending over to me. He did their print, he did their direct mail and things like that. So he was he would send these people over, you know, from the uh, digital side. And uh, so as my team got really accustomed to writing content, building websites for it, and I just got super excited about it, you know, and now, like, you know, I feel like I've been part of this home service space for a very long time. And uh, I've I've met some amazing people. Um, You know, it's like I'm I'm a. I'm super attached and, and connected to this industry. It's it's super small. It's very large at the same time, but like everyone knows everyone. And I'll tell you, man, like these these uh, home service company owners are like truly some special people. Yeah, and people people don't think about how home services are so. I mean, it's one of the things that's not going to go anywhere. We're we're always going to live in homes, even if the real estate market's down. Um, and so, and by the way, your story, man, is fascinating. And you've got the same, I I was that same way. I I tried something when I was probably like 19 years old, uh, these little businesses on the side, and of course they all pretty much failed, but it was like, register your credit card here and save a few cents on the dollar, you know, (laughs) these kinds of things. Then you come up with that really genius golf idea. Look, look at where it led you. Um, and, yeah. and of course, divine intervention. I'm a big believer in that too. Um, well, and I want to ask you too, Jonathan, because you, you have a great story and now we can get into some of the, the more of the workings or the intertwinings of, uh, marketing and just business growth. So first, um, I want to say, ask what is a trend or two that you see, uh, rising up, not just in the home service sector, but uh, across businesses, um, in, in marketing right now? I would say video content. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, people like Gary Vanderchuk and some of these other, uh, you know, guys have, have really opened everyone's eyes to how important video content is, you know, but where you and I may know who Alex Hermosi is and, and Gary V, a lot of other people, maybe in this home service space may not follow some of those guys, but I'm going to, you know, the one thing I would say is that video is king all forms of video. So, you know, 
doing something like you and I are doing now. This is long form content that can be, you know, chopped up and spliced up and distributed out many different ways. Um, but short form content, educate your customer base. Um, no one knows your business and your services typically better than you do as the business owner. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of business owners take pride in that, right? You know, they like the fact that they know how the air conditioning systems work or the plumbing systems work or the electrical. Um, so give that to your customers, right? And don't think that you have to have this $100,000 video equipment set up studio room. Um, I would say that, you know, some basic videos from your phone convert, typically will convert better and react better on the social media platforms than having it professionally done. Uh, and for whatever reason, like there's certain things that people are willing to watch and engage with. And, you know, we see on TikTok now um, some of the, you know, most engaged videos on there, like, like that stuff's not professionally made. Like they're just people that have a, a, a phone set up somewhere and they're shooting video content, but it's just finding things that you can connect and relate with, with your customer base. But, you know, at bare minimum, get, get video content out there, you know, give them a tip every day on how whatever service it is that you're doing, how it could, you know, how they could be doing something, whether it's buying something, investing in something, um, you know, physically pulling something to clean it, just give them tips. Nine times out of 10, the more stuff you give them, even if it's how to do it themselves, they're not going to do it themselves. But if they feel that trust and credibility that they, they've built through your videos that they've seen, then they're going to call you because they see you as the expert and you're going to, you know, gain them, you know, as a lifelong customer. So video content, you got to get it out there. If you're dragging your feet on it, like don't. Um, Facebook will be the last digital marketing platform that will ever have pictures that you can submit. Um, it, it's it's just like, it'll it, it's, it's going to be, all videos and then the next thing will all be artificial intelligence of, of some sort. So um, you, we will, we will not see anything like Facebook again. So I'm just telling you that now's the time to educate your customers, let them spotlight your employees, spotlight your customers, get the video testimonials and get in front and let them know if, if you as the owner don't want to be the face of the company, that's fine. Spread it between everyone. Get some people out there that can look professional on, on camera and just have them whip out their phone. We all have miniature computers in our pocket and just shoot a little one-minute video. And uh, I'm telling you, post it. Post it to your shorts, your reels. Post it to your pages, your social media content. Put a dollar or two boost behind it each day. It is something, this is part of a brand. You're building a brand. You're building a culture. You don't have to have anything crazy sophisticated behind it. If you want to, great. You've got a social media team or a marketing company that does, you know, these cool things with building funnels and stuff. That's amazing, right? I strongly encourage it. That's the way we do social media. We create a funnel. And so for, for those of you that don't know what a funnel is, just think of a funnel that goes, you know, in your car, you're pouring oil in, right? Like it's shaped like this. So the top of the funnel has got the big mouth on it. So in that part, when we're running ads for our clients, the top of that funnel 
is like just a straight branding video. We call it the video business card, the signature video. Um, it, it's got, you know, shows your guys getting ready to go out that day or it's talking about who you are as the business owner. It's got your husband or wife or kids and the, the dogs in the video. And it's just saying who you are to the community and how long you've been there. It's that real um, heartfelt video. And then we, we play that all the time. We want everyone in your entire service area at some point to see that video. But we're not asking, we're, there's not a button that says click on this and purchase this. Like, no, it is branding. It's just running all the time. And we want people to see it and click on it and watch it. And then what we do is we tell the platform, hey, anybody who watched, you know, we can put a percentage, anybody who watched 50% of the video or 10%, but anybody who watched that video, we want to move them further down the funnel, right? So now these are the videos that are going to be your how, what, and why videos. So it's your educational video. So it's like, it's your testimonials from your customers are going to be in there. It's going to be why, like why you should change out your filter to your AC, um, you know, system or why you should get your your stuff maintenance a couple times a year, why you should be doing these things to help the the life of, of your system or equipment, whether that's plumbing, electrical, you know, solar, whatever it may be. It's just you want to educate. This is where you build trust and credibility in these. Again, there's no buttons that say click here. We're trying to sell you something. It's just we're trying to get that following to get them to know, like, and trust you. And that's what it's all about. That's where business and sales and lifelong customers come from is when when you can let a prospect get to know you, get to like you, and get to trust you, then they will buy from you and they'll keep buying from you. And those average tickets will continue to go up as they know, like, and trust you more and more and more. And then as you work them to the bottom further down the funnel, it's going to be less people, but those are going to be the people that are going to be most... Um, engaged or most open to purchasing or buying a service or a product from you because they've had time to go work down the funnel and get to know you a little bit and get to know your business. So at the bottom of the funnel, that's where we'll put things like, hey, we're doing uh, a furnace tune-up, you know, getting ready for a fall tune-up offer, or we're doing a system replacement, or we're doing a hot water heater, a tankless water heater replacement. That's where you can start putting ads in front of people because those are the people that have worked their way through the videos. And the, the platforms will tell you, hey, they watched all these videos. Great. Now I want to put an offer in front of them. But why would you want to put the offer only at the very top where nobody knows you? Like there's no trust built there, right? So you can, and there's definitely ways to get business and leads from that. But the problem is when you cast that net way too wide and you haven't spent the time to build that trust and credibility, you're just going to get a lot of people that, you know, they've got one toe in, right? Like they don't know you yet. You're going to have to do a lot to continue to build build that relationship. And you're going to get a lot of bad leads in there. So your cost per, cost per acquisition is going to be much higher to the people that come into your funnel at the top than it would be at the bottom. More people up here, but less engagement, less conversions, you know, and then down here, it'll be less people, but the conversion rate will be super high. Yeah. Well, and you, you made me think of something there too, because with videos, I mean, our attention spans are getting shorter, right? I mean, Absolutely. As, as a society, we're having shorter and shorter uh, periods of time. We want to pay attention to anything. So the videos, I completely agree. And then you also talked about the education and being an open book. Once you get into the property owners, you know, or the homeowner, once you get in front of them and in person, and it, it translates, I think, beyond 
um, home services, but that's you, once you get in front of someone on a face-to-face level, that's why I'm glad that, you know, personal events are coming back. You know, we had the COVID thing, everybody was trying to do things through zoom and video teleconferencing and, you know, the real interaction, the real learning and exchanging of information is in person. But like you said, you got to be loud and have some videos and grab attention to get that process started. Um, and I, another thing I want to shift over to another form of marketing that I, I saw you, you've posted and released a lot of articles, uh, going over, you know, different ways of business growth, marketing, that kind of thing. And one of the things you've touched on is for, I think HVAC specifically, and it might be for some, some of the other sectors, but print marketing is not dead, right? It's still something no. that can can work on on in an advantage to a lot of different companies. Is that right? Absolutely. You got to be smart with it, and um, which I think with any marketing. So as I talked about creating that funnel, like I'm telling you, you will spend so much less money if you're only running targeted ads to people at the bottom of your funnel. And then you look at the top of the funnel, whatever you're spending there, you're looking at as you're building a brand like that is that is what you, you know, that you should have two separate budgets always like you, you should have your lead generation, your your marketing, you know, to bring in new acquisition customers. This is a budget. And then you need a branding budget. And I want everyone to understand that not enough companies look at those as two separate. And so, like, for me, branding is. Things like you well, if you ran billboards, you would look at that as branding. I'd hope you would, because if you ever put billboards out and you think that there's going to be an instant return on investment, you're wrong. Like no one's going down the highway going like, oh, what was that number? And they're going to call that number on there. So you can put a tracking number on that billboard, but I'm telling you, like you're not going to like the results that come from it because it's branding. It's something that you want people to um think of you when there's something wrong with their home or product or service that you offer, do you want the first thing that pops in their head to be your company? So they have a leak, you know, if they're in their home, it's your plumbing company they think of, right? Like their home's not cooling property, it's your air conditioner they're thinking of. Like that's branding whenever you can tap into a different part of the consumer's brain that they think of you. That's why like any, you know, any, anyone, like any American, like in any child from like probably four years and above, if you show them the golden arches, like they know what it is, like whether they're going to say it's a French fry or they, you know, they, they know what comes from that place. So that's branding, right? So when you, that's what people don't really put enough and, and some companies get it. And the ones that get it, man, have taught me a lot over the years because I used to like, you know, branding, right? Like, you know, you're going to put X amount towards branding, but like, dude, you need leads. You know, we need to spend money on the leads, but that's not the case because when your brand is super strong, your ads convert better. You spend less money on lead generation because your brand, your searchable name becomes so popular. And that's what you want to see. And that's what you should be paying attention to is that what are what are the results of Google Analytics or Google Search Console? What are people searching for to find your company? And you want them over time, you want them to be searching your brand name more and more and more. 
because that means that your brand's getting stronger. That means that you're going to spend less money on marketing and advertising every year to get new customers because you've created a brand that when something is wrong, they think of you and type in your company name. So, and I'm going to tell you that is, you know, if we look at a company that spends uh, $500,000 a year on their marketing and advertising, if they put an emphasis in and in an importance on their branding at the same time, over time, they may want to continue to keep growing their company at the same rate, but they will spend less money on their marketing and advertising over the years as their, as their brand gets stronger. So it's really cool to see. And so like right now, I've got clients that are in this big growth phase. They've been in business, say, anywhere from four to seven years, and they're looking to go from three million to six million and um, they're spending, you know, 12 to 18 percent of their total revenue on marketing and advertising to do it. And then I see companies that we have of you know, clients of ours where they're doing 15 or 20 million and they're spending like literally less than two or three percent on their whole entire marketing and advertising. Why? Because they spent a ton of money in the past to make sure their brand was super strong. Now they don't needs to go off, by the way, for a lot of people listening. <laughs> Absolutely. I hope it does. Um, because it, it it is it's cool to see that shift take place. But you know, I was talking to a, a business owner well, yesterday. You saw that I was up in Oklahoma, and the company in the past hasn't really been big on maintenance agreements or, or club memberships. So I'd start, you know, I had to paint a different picture for him and said, listen, like. On the front end, the front part of this, they're not profitable. Like when you think of it, no matter what you charge for it, and the more you charge or the more complicated you make your club membership, the more friction you're putting in there, the less the conversion is going to take place with the customer. You make it super simple and say, hey, it's uh, $10 a month. And it's unlimited systems or whatever, you know, whatever uh, type of business you're in. But if you're talking about HVAC, if you make it simple and you try to sell one to everyone, it's a lot easier to have a pool of people that are your customers that you can then internally market to them, sending them texts and emails because they're your customers and giving them these special offers and discounts. And as you grow that pool, you're not always fishing in these other ponds looking for new customers all the time. So it's nice if you just grow your own existing base and then those are the people that you market to. So I said, look, as you take their $100 a year and you go, well, I got to go out there twice a year, their house, and it costs me $100 each time I go out. I'm losing money. I'm like, yes, you are if you only look at it from that simple perspective. But if you train your team the right way, you get two times to go to that customer's house. You have two times to go out there and show them who you are as a business. And I know I've got clients of ours that, man, they, they really go and put that five-star effort into it. They want to, because look, people won't remember like what you did for them, right? But that whole saying, like, they'll remember how you made them feel. So we have clients that they'll look around and they'll ask the homeowner, you know, when they're older or something, like, is there anything that you need us to do? Is there anything you've been trying to get done that you, you know, having trouble with? They'll move furniture for people. They'll cut their grass for them. And this is air conditioning contractors, but they will go to that next level because those customers will never leave. And every single time something goes wrong with their home. And let me tell you, something's going to go wrong. Like air conditioning equipment is made to fail. Like it's not going to run forever. So now it's like 
they're not getting three or four quotes from another, you know, from other companies. When something goes wrong, they're calling their company that has had their back and is taking care of them. And they're like, hey, you know, Mrs. Jones, this is the problem. It is time to get a new system. Here's how much it's going to be. Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate y'all being here for me, right? When it's like, well, wait a minute, Mrs. Jones came from a, a club membership or a contract that was only paying $99 a year six years ago. But, you know, and over that six years, there's probably been some times where, you know, she bought filters and she had to get a coil cleaning and maybe her contactor went out and they had to replace it. So there are these little service tickets. But then all of a sudden it's time for Mrs. Jones to get a new system. And Mrs. Jones is 100 percent committed to you. So you got to look at the long term, the lifetime value of that customer. And the way to do it is building a club membership, building your own base of people. And as that grows, your marketing spend goes down. And now you're only, you know, you're fishing to your own pond. That's, that's your company's pond. It's private. And that's what you need to get to. Yeah. That is, that's brilliant. And we like to say LTV, right? Is that long term right. or lifetime value? Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> so many industries don't see that far ahead or they don't, they can't see that kind of expansion. Um, and it, yeah, it is really such a genius way of looking at it. And, uh, another thing that people don't think about uh, guys that are just getting started, especially if they're doing something on their own, like a one man show. Um, I I'm close, uh, friends with someone who's doing marketing for flooring companies and even epoxy, you know, you can niche yeah. down, but these, they don't, they think that it's the reverse. Like, well, we're going to try to spend as little as possible at the very beginning and just slowly somehow get there. But I mean, you're really just going to be running on a treadmill, right? You're not going to be really going anywhere unless you want to really, really super invest up front. And, and as you mentioned, you're going to be building your own pond. <laughs> so that's a, that's wow. a wonderful way to break it down. I love how you're doing that, Jonathan. Um, I want to ask you too, because there's so much noise out there with marketers, with marketing, you know, I mean, it's beyond the home service sector, obviously it's in industries uh, everywhere, but for the, for the ones that are really good, the best marketers like you, the best, the ones that provide really just the most value and success for business owners, what's a good way that they differentiate themselves from all the noise? How, how do you like to do that? Well, you know, for us, um, it's what we call the cornerstone process. And the cornerstone process for us is so special because I knew over the years that there, there had to be a better way to show the clients that we were talking to how we were going to hit their goals and what we should be doing as a team, as a partner with them to be able to, to hit those goals. And it really didn't like come to complete fruition until I lost a client that we had amazing results for back in 2019, I think it was. So we were killing it. We were crushing it for this client and the client left. And I was so bothered, right? And I was bothered for a multitude of reasons. Like nobody likes losing a client. Um, I knew we had the best results for them. And I'd had them on some presentation uh decks that I would use to, to go around the country at the manufacturers and would talk about digital marketing. So I had all of his, his numbers and all of his brand all over it. So I was like, well, now, you know, I got to go back and, and change all this out. So I, you know, again, one of those divine intervention moments, right? So I'm sitting there and I'm going, 
I'm going to call this guy because I'm bothered. But now I think back, I'm like, well, I've never called a client that left and said, why did you leave? But like, what made me that day? And then what made me not fight that and go like, I'm not going to call. You're just, you're just saying you are. But I called and I said, hey, you know, I just got a question. Like, why, why did you leave? You know, because we, we've got some great results for you. He said, no, y'all, 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 we do have some great results. And uh, hey, we've been with you over two years. And you grew our business two years in a row. And then I was sitting there going like, man, I'm really scratching my head here. What's the problem then? Why are you leaving? And he said, um, he said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> and he goes, I appreciate you reaching out. And if you're really serious about learning this, you know, understanding my problems, I'd like to explain it to you. I said, I'm all ears. And he said, okay, well, here's the thing. Year one, we had a plan in place. We had a goal of what we were trying to get to in revenue. And we, um, we grew, but we didn't grow that we were trying to. And I said, can you explain that a little more? And he said, sure, I'd love to. He said, so year one, we were trying to grow one to 1.2 million in new acquisition customers and additional revenue. And we we hit about 700,000 in new growth. And I was like, okay. And he goes, year two, we, were, we wanted to do like 1.8 and we did like 1.1. And I was like, okay. And in my mind, I'm sitting there going, well, I didn't under, I didn't know those numbers, but even if I did, what would I have done to help them get there? Because we're doing what we said we were going to do. We're getting great results. And like, what else can we do? You know, like other than like rain dance or pray to the sun God to make sure that, you know, it stays 200 degrees all year round. Like, how can we control it? So, and he said, all right, look, um, and here's what I also want to tell you. It's not just that we were hoping that we would hit that number. He said, when I tell you we plan for it, we really plan for it because you, a company can't just grow $1.8 million in, in revenue without having the team and the, you know, the back end to support that growth. And I said, okay. He said, so we hired people, we trained people, we had new trucks, we had tools. We, you know, he says, there was a lot that got put into place. And when we didn't hit those goals, guess what we had to do? We had to lay off. And now I've got some trucks sitting out there with no bodies in it because I don't, and I would, man, it just ate at me and my wheels were spinning. And I was like, this is a problem. I don't think it's a problem for all of my clients because I think some of them just say, I want to grow from 2.2 to 3.2 next year. It's not a, a, like we have to, but if we do, congratulations. But for those that were planning like this company was, I was like, this is never going to happen again. So the differentiator for us is where I tell you the cornerstone process is we have now turned ourselves into consultants, both when we meet a new prospect and for our existing clients every day. We turn into a consultant first and we dive deep into their internal numbers. And so what I mean by that is let's say we're taking HVAC. And I've got a client that has an average install. These are real. These are real numbers. Common. They have an in average install of um, eighty eight thousand dollars for an average uh, system replacement. Well, you know, I'll just do a simple math number. I've got clients all over the country that have average installs of sixteen thousand. I've got them as high as twenty five thousand as their average install up in the Northwest and in California and places like that. But let's say eight and sixteen; those are real simple numbers. I've got clients all day long at eight thousand. I've got plenty at sixteen thousand. Well, if both of these companies go, we're at four million and we want to get to five million. Okay, very common. They want to do a million dollars in new growth in the next twelve months. But when we look at that. The one that's 18,000 
I mean, 8,000 average install to 16,000. If I'm just looking at a simple lead flow of how many service calls do I need and how many installs, it's a two to one ratio from one company to the other. Well, they both want to grow by 1 million. They're both doing HVAC, but the leads that I need are completely different because of the revenue that's going to be generated from the one at 16,000 to the one at 8,000. Also got to look at their average service ticket. A lot more service calls will be ran than installs. Everybody would love to do, you know, as many installs as they do service, but it doesn't work that way. And typically installs come from service. So it's like, how many service calls are you running? What is your average? What is your average service call ticket? Like if that's going to be the large majority of where your leads come from, you know, sometimes just adding an extra hundred dollars average service to, uh, extra hundred dollars to your your average service ticket can add hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue to your bottom line. So we look at this now and now the cornerstone process is understanding where you've been, where you currently are, where you're trying to get to. And like I was telling you, this isn't just on marketing. We want to look at your numbers. We want to look at your overhead expenses because sometimes it's not always throw more money at marketing to get to that. Sometimes it's increasing your margins. Sometimes it's uh, getting better close rates with your sales guys or your service team, better conversions over to an install. So now the cornerstone process is taking that collective of all that information when we start working with you and we want to know where you're trying to get to. Do you have to get to that number? Is that something you're truly going to plan and hire and train and get the equipment and stuff to be able to fulfill that? Or if you don't hit it, it's not a big deal. You're going to be like hiring as you start growing and uh, so we just get super serious in the process. But I'll tell you that if they come to us and they say, here's our numbers, here's where we need to get to, and we're willing to spend the money and do whatever plan necessary to do it, like we get serious and we hit those goals. Yeah, you and you break it down. I mean, the short answer is if so, you, there's a lot of people out there that cannot just be if you're just a, quote, marketer. I mean, there's no one size fits all. And what you, what companies really need is is digging much, much deeper like you're doing. They need consulting with the marketing. And that that's what um, is missed by most of these people that come out of the woodwork. And they're like, we're just going to set up your, you know, your SEO and this and that. And that's kind of what all they do. And then they disappear. I mean, and you're really saying, let me hold your hand. Let me walk you through and, and dig into every aspect of the company, which is what so many guys don't think about guys and women that are business owners. And they don't think about breaking down and dissecting all these components. So uh, I, I love how you did that, Jonathan, and how you're doing it. Um, and we've gone on for a while, man. This is a longer show than I usually do, but you've, you've shared a ton of information and a ton of value. Uh, I want to close out and ask you, so are you a coffee guy? Are you a, how, how's your health? Like, how's your, your diet? What do you do? You one of these healthy guys or you just kind of eat whatever, drink whatever? So I, I like to think of myself more like uh, like Oprah, you know, and uh, so you, you just don't know which version over the years of Oprah you're going to get, you know, the, the skinny Oprah, the the big girl Oprah. So sometimes like I fluctuate because I, um, you know, I'm a I'm a big I'm a sweet eater. And uh, so if I can ever get that curve to where I don't crave sweets, I think I would do great. But 
I enjoy the gym. I love working out. Um, and, uh, but I, I go through, I go through my moments. I've got little ones that are, you know, in football and, you know, all these different sports and stuff. So I do the best I can. I, uh, I, I drink coffee, you know, probably a couple times a week. So I, I'm not a, I have to have it every morning or that's what gets me up. Um, I could probably go to bed at four in the morning or 9 p.m. at night. And I, I'm up at, you know, six, six, six thirty. Like I, I don't even have to set an alarm. Like my body just gets up. So, uh, you know, I, I cut out the energy drinks years ago because I'm super sensitive to uh, even coffee. Like if I take um uh, if I take like Excedrin now, like my wife laughs at me because like I, if I don't have a certain like amount of food or something like the Excedrin will make, you know, the little bit of caffeine and Excedrin will throw me off. So if I drink too much coffee or if it's too strong a coffee, like I'll start shaking and everything. So yeah, I don't have to have it. Um, you know, I, I love this, this community and uh, I, I love more than anything talking to business owners and hearing their challenges um, I love being, bringing people onto the podcast to kind of hear and talk about their business. And we talk about marketing money and mindset because I like to hear, you know, what are some of the challenges you've had with your, you know, your money, you know, or your business over the years? And what do you do? Just like you asked, what do you do for like your mindset? What What is your morning routine like? So, yeah, I love getting the insights on on different business owners because it's a uh, it, it's a it's a cool community the entrepreneur community period, because uh, it's not easy. And there's a lot of people that paint this picture that, you know, business owners have this glamorous life. And uh, I will tell you, I'm blessed. I have, you know, I think I've got the greatest life ever, but it is, it's not a, a, a monetary thing for me. It's like, well, I can shut down work, go jump in a beanbag with the kids and play Fortnite or, you know, something on PlayStation with them. Like, um, I'm, I'm blessed that I'm not in traffic three hours a day, driving back from forth downtown Dallas, you know? So for those reasons, having my own, my own companies, I'm extremely blessed, but I mean, it's difficult, you know, having employees is difficult and, you know, making sure you're profitable is difficult and, and dealing with, you know, different people's emotions and personalities and things like that. It's, it's not always rainbows and butterflies, um, People and processes are super, super important. And what I mean by that is hiring the right people. Um, you know, there's that hire, uh, hire slow, fire fast saying, it's like, look, if you're working off of that strategy, which you should do those things, but like at the end of the day, um, you know, hire, hire the right people, um, spend the time to give assessment tests to these people. How do their brains work? How do they operate? How do they see things and do things? Because if they come in and they may be great at something, but you have them in the wrong seat, like you as the business owner, you have failed them, right? And you at the end of the day have to take responsibility and say, why did any person in my organization over any part of the, the lifespan, why did they leave? And it has, you gotta be able to look in the mirror and say, it's me. They left because of me, you know, and uh, and and so you've got to be able to live with that. And and most people, you know, if they've got real integrity, like they won't like that will eat them to their soul that someone was super excited to apply for a job at your company. And then one day they decided to leave and go somewhere else. Um, like when you really start breaking it down to that level, like I don't 
I don't even know, like there's certain employees that I've never like met, you know, like on a personal level, like I'm, I have so many people underneath me, but I will tell you that when I hear of someone putting in their resignation or something, it still bothers me because it's like, where did we fail? Um, now they hear messages from me or they're on these big group meetings with me, but it's like, you know, where did managers underneath me fail us as a as an organization to make anyone not love what they're doing and you know be uh inspired to to want to help this home service community like it just bothers me so um yeah, man that's that's what that's i got on the yeah. no and i understand <laughs> i mean it, guys don't need to leave to go try to fund you know a couple dollars more an hour or something i mean <clears throat> there's uh a lot of times it's just like a, a, a an employee cultural thing. It's a, it's a delegation thing. It's, you know, giving them the accountability they want. Um, I get it, man. And I get the heartache. It's, it's, there's a, it's a, it's a journey of ups and downs. Um, but it's good to hear that you're, you take time for your kids, for your family. Um, the home service hustle is your podcast. Yes. And is that on all platforms? I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, all platforms. You can watch it on YouTube, but it's on Spotify and Apple and, and Google Podcast. Um, we've had, you know, some of the biggest names in the industry. Uh, Dan Antonelli uh, from Kick Charge Creative, one of the, you know, biggest and baddest branding wizards that are out there. Um, we've had Tommy Mello from A1 Garage, Jason Walker from Home Service, uh, um, uh Masters of the Hustle, HVAC Master of the Hustle, one of the top training organizations in HVAC world. Uh, Weldon Long, you know, he's a multi uh, New York Times bestseller, author and sales trainer. So um, some cool conversations. You know, you've watched some of them. I like to I like to pick in to their brains. I want people to understand how they work. I want to hear some tough challenges that they've had within their business over the years. But then I like to keep it fun. You know, we'll have some rapid fire questions, but I'm I'm kind of obsessed with aliens over the last several years. And um, <laughs> so I like to ask people, you know, what their beliefs are in those. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's I want to give back. I want to give back to this community. This community has been extremely good to me and my family. So, um, yeah, man, check it out. Um, you and I'll be shooting something uh, here soon. And uh, yeah, would uh, yeah. love to check it out. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. And it's a, with us both having home service associated podcasts and, and, uh, voices. I mean, it's, it's about time. And, you know, it was, it was only a matter of time before we were going to come together and That's do right. more stuff together. So, um, man, this has been a lot of fun and a lot of really just overwhelming value and knowledge to people that really need to understand what it's going to take to go, you know, grow their businesses to those next levels and expand, um, Jonathan, man, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Um, so we're going to wrap it up. This has been another episode of the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. We're going to see you all next time. Have an excellent week. Arthur Yon here. Thank you so much for listening to the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. If you are a successful restorer, contractor, or home service provider who would like to be on this program, please visit jointhenestteam.com slash go. 
If you got something out of this interview, would you also share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the social. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag HSSP Spotlight. I love seeing your posts, love seeing your guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and your reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, jointhenestteam.com slash go, or follow me on LinkedIn and Facebook. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.